have some meekness about them and leaders that have some humility about them and leaders that know how to lead correctly. Not talking about what I have done and look at all the accomplishments that I have accomplished. Can I tell you, look at the accomplishments that Jesus has accomplished. We've got to give credit where credit is due. We've got to give glory where glory is due. And if we start taking the credit, we are going to be, oh, in so much trouble. But when we give Jesus the credit, when we give Jesus the credit that is credit due, my job is not to point you to me or anyone else is to point you to Jesus. Hallelujah. It can't be about us. It has to be about Jesus. John said that I've got to decrease. I might have to decrease. So that he can increase. Whenever man continues to increase, Jesus is the one that's decreasing. Then we find ourselves in a lot of trouble without him. Without him, I would be nothing. Without Jesus, I would be a mess, I promise you. But when I was born again, when God filled me with the power of the Holy Ghost, it was a life-changing power. It was a power that turned me around and changed the entire trajectory of my life. I would be a mess right now if it was not for the Lord. I'm thankful today that I listened to Him, that I followed Him, that I surrendered to Him. Acts 13 and 9, another than Saul. Then Saul. There we go. Acts 13 and 9, then Saul. Who was also called Paul. What do you know about Paul?
So, so that, that, that that's powerful right there. And, and if you think about it, it, it come on, man. let's go back to that.
And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. I, I wouldn't want this up Whether it's a Tuesday night, whether it's a Sunday morning or 9.30 or, or, or whether it's a, a special revival, so I would not want to miss that service. Jesus walks in and breathes. <laughs>
have been just struggling with that? Was his faith falling apart? Have you ever been at a place in your faith that your faith was kind of, not that you were giving up on God, but your faith was struggling? It wasn't what it once was. And you had things going through your head. Maybe, maybe they're not the right things, but they were still, you can't help it. They were going through, you were having to think about these things. And, and, and maybe, maybe, Tom, maybe this was Thomas. He was frustrated. He was disappointed. Yeah. Anybody ever been disappointed? Things just didn't go like you thought they were going to go. And, and it seems like everything's falling apart. Everything he left, you know, he, he's probably in his mind thinking, should I have left that?
to them. And this is this is a prototypical I'm hurt. I'm upset. I'm a little jealous. Right. Response. Yeah. Right. It's alright to say, isn't it? Yeah. How many would say you felt jealous before? Right. I got three, four, five, so the rest of y'all haven't ever felt jealous. <laughs> okay. And he said, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails. Now notice that verse before that it, we were reading, it said, it, it talked about when Jesus came and He showed them, I believe, yeah, verse 20, He showed unto them His hands and His side when He came to the disciples and the disciples were glad, right? That, that's what He said. But then here, Thomas says, because obviously they must have made a big deal about it, right? right. Just, just like it must have made a big deal. And Thomas says, hmm. Except I see his hands, the print of the nails, and I put my finger in that. He's, he's upset. He's upset. Because he left everything to follow Jesus. He was one of the twelve. And now Jesus comes back. On the one night he misses church. He's been faithful for 51 weeks. And he decides to take the night off. Because he is mourning the loss of his Savior. And Jesus decides to come back on that night. Unless I put my finger. And unless I thrust my hand into his side. I will not what? Believe. Is he talking to Jesus right there or is he talking to them? He's talking to them. We kind of take it like he's talking to Jesus, right? But in reality, he's talking to them. They're telling him this story and he's basically saying, I don't believe you. Perhaps because he thought he had such a relationship with Christ that, it, it, that he would have been one of them when he came back. He would have been there. And, but but he says he says this and and he tell, basically he's saying it's not fair, right. which is a natural human emotion. Yes. It's not right. Why didn't I get invited to that? All right. And, and and this probably propelled him to say something that if he were here, he's not. But if he were here right now, thousands of years later, he probably still regrets. Because it forever labeled him to people that didn't know him. Or people that only knew him at a distance. It probably forever labeled him as Doubting Thomas. And, and it goes on. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side and they were glad. That's when he showed the disciples. And Thomas said, except I shall see his hands and the print of his nails. I will not believe. 
I will not believe. But can I tell you that Thomas's name should not invoke doubt? Thomas's name should not invoke doubt. Let's don't judge Thomas based on one incident. Would you like for your life to be judged on one incident? On one statement? Judas betrayed Jesus. Peter denied Jesus. Thomas just simply doubted what the disciples were saying. I'm holding this guy up. He's got my name. Now, I want you to remember for a minute. Thomas was at Pentecost. Thomas was filled with the Holy Ghost. Cloven tongues as of fire rested upon his head. Tradition even holds that Thomas would be an early missionary. He went to India and established churches all over India. I'm not talking a little ways from where he was at. But he is known to have established churches preaching the gospel in India. In 1500 A.D., Vasco da Gama discovered the Christian church in India. And when he first went there, there was a church. And according to most, they said it was a church that Thomas started. And this was 1,500 years later. According to one encyclopedia, he evangelized Parthia. And later, Christian tradition says Thomas extended his apostleship into India and is recognized as the founder of the church of the Syrian Malabar Christians or as they were known, the Christians of St. Thomas. In the apocryphal Acts of Thomas, originally he composed another church. He visited the court of kings. He prayed and baptized leaders. He then ultimately he was put in charge because of his carpenter background of building some castle or so I'm not sure exactly what it was but instead of spending the money on the castle he spent the money on charity and he ultimately was martyred but not before he established churches in India in the Middle East in Southern Asia and all over according to tradition we don't know all that because we don't read about all of that. But Thomas didn't have to have a place, a letter in the Bible. He didn't have to have a place past where we read about him. He just took the mission of the gospel and from what we can read and understand in history, he spread the gospel so far and in so many places, he left everything he knew and he went and preached the gospel to people that probably did not even understand him, to people that could not speak his language. And here, here we find Thomas. Now I want you to think about this. Moses was a murderer. David, an adulterer. Thomas simply doubted the apostles when they told him they'd seen Jesus. And we forever label him as the doubter. 
But can I tell you, he may not have been that great of a doubter. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Thomas perhaps learned this. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. A new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Not only was he a missionary, not only was he an apostle, but he knew that Jesus had forgiven him because in spite of his past, he did the will of God. In spite of his mistake, he got up from there and he carried this gospel to places that nobody had ever heard of this gospel. He was missional. Is that a doubter to you? Do you serve the Jesus that Thomas served? The Jesus that could look past his doubts, that could look past his mistakes, and commission him to carry the gospel. That's the Jesus that I serve. His name, his name is Thomas. Somebody say that. His name is Thomas. Now, not only that, we read in verse 28, Thomas had a powerful revelation early on when he answered Jesus. And when he answered Jesus, he knew it was him. And this is what he said. He answered unto him, my Lord. Who said that? My Lord. Somebody said it. And my God. He knew who Jesus was. He had no doubts who he was. He just doubted the other disciples when they were saying he was alive and had shown his scar. I don't believe you unless I'm there. And Jesus let him be there. And Jesus showed him his scars. And Jesus let him reach hither. But in the ultimate grand scheme of things, we see that he knew who Jesus was when he said, My Lord and my God. After that. After that. And that's what we've got to look at. After the doubting episode. Thomas was filled with the Holy Ghost. After the doubting episode. Thomas became a missionary and was sent to the uttermost parts of the world that he could reach at that time. His name is Thomas. Now, Brother Parks, what was that word you used when you were standing on the sidelines wanting to get in the game? You wanted to get in, and if you wanted to get in... I got next. I got next. Can I tell you, you don't always just need scores to yell, I got next. You don't always just need somebody that can dribble the ball to say, I got next. But some say that it's just about as important if you can get a rebound as if you can score a goal. And can I tell you, in the church, there's some truth to that. It's not always what you did 10 years ago or what you did 5 years ago. 
or what you did six weeks ago. But if you're going to yell, I got next, what kind of rebound do you have? What kind of rebound do you have? Why is that, Pastor? Because you're going to go through some stuff if you're going to live for God for a while. You're going to live long enough that you're going to deal with some mess. You're going to live for God long enough that there's going to be problems and there's going to be issues and there's going to be trials and there's going to be tribulations. It's not just how good you can preach or how good you can sing or how good you can teach or how powerful you can pray. It's also how well can you rebound when the enemy knocks you flat of your face? Do you have the ability and the power to get back up? Do you have the, uh, the ability to rebound? Because I tell you, that's what Thomas did. He might have been a doubter at one time, but if there's something else that Thomas did, I promise you, he rebounded. He rebounded. He received the Holy Ghost at Pentecost. He carried the gospel throughout the whole world. Anybody got next? I don't want to know just if you can shoot it. There's a lot of them that get in there and they can all try to shoot it. But when that ball bounces off, who's going to get it back? Who's going to get it back? Because who's got that ball is more likely to be who's going to win that game. Who's going to win and rebound? Who in the church tonight is going to win and rebound? That's what Thomas did. He won. He won. His name, his name is Thomas. Can we stand? God. Oh, God, I will. Things might not always go your way. Things might not always go like you want them to go. You might have said things you regret saying. Stuck your foot in your mouth. But God wants to know. Are you willing to get up and carry this gospel? If so, he wants to refill you with the Holy Ghost. He wants to renew the call in your life and in your heart. He wants to do a work in you tonight. You've been weary lately, and God wants you to know it's time for a rebound. Maybe you've been struggling and God wants you to know it's time for you to jump back up and get back in this game and life and live for him and do what you've been called to do and carry this gospel and share this message. It doesn't matter. You might have got rejected, but God wants you to keep going. You may have doubted, but God wants you to believe again. You might have messed up and made a mistake, but you're not going to be judged on that one mistake if you'll learn to rebound. If you'll learn to rebound, you're, that one mistake is not going to be what you're going to be judged upon. Oh, is there somebody here tonight? God, I throw 
my hands up and I lift you up, Lord Jesus. Here I am in your sanctuary and in your house.
you know, the championships in basketball are not just the one yells, I got next, because they shoot the ball. If you look all throughout basketball, if you follow, I don't follow it much, but I have noticed that some of those guys that shoot 50 points a game don't always win a lot of championships. Because on that same team, there's got to be some guys that are going after those rebounds. Instead of calling Thomas, doubting Thomas, why don't we call him rebounding Thomas? Could you lift your hands up right now and let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence. God, I pray for each and every one here tonight. I pray for each and every one online tonight. God, I pray for our soldiers overseas, their wives that aren't here or at home perhaps, or visiting family. I pray, oh God, for each and every one tonight. Lord, let us be a church that knows how to rebound, that knows how to get back up, that knows how, no matter how many times we've gotten knocked down, to turn around and get back up. God, that we're not limited by one not-so-smart decision in our life. But God, your kingdom is about what we do next. Your kingdom's about what we do next. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, God is so good. If our ushers and hostesses can come tonight to receive tonight's tithes and offering, as they are coming, some important things that are going on are you prayer tomorrow night and, and in Thursday our youth are going to be doing the progressive dinner and Friday at noon we need all hands on deck is there anybody that can be here Friday at noon to help is that right Sister Duvall is that when you're going to be unloading Friday at noon unloading the Thanksgiving meal
starting time is about 8. 8? So people start lining up about 6.30 and 7 in the morning. Okay. Yep, they were coming by today. <laughs> and uh, Saturday at 5 o'clock, we are going to need your help setting up. Does anybody know what's happening on Sunday morning? Thanksgiving dinner. So Friday at 5, I'm going to need several guys to meet. Saturday at 5, several guys, several ladies too. We'll, we'll take men or women, come out and help. Let's get set up. We have about 25. It'll take about 20 minutes maybe. Maybe even 10 minutes. But uh, that might be stretching it. But if we only have five guys, it's going to take a little while. So y'all come on out Saturday at 5. Amen. And I think that's all of the announcements. Let's call on the name of the Lord. Pastor Parks, would you lead us in prayer? Lord Jesus, we thank you for what we received tonight, Lord God. The importance of a name. Your word lets us know that there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That's the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. If we come to worship that name tonight. We ask, O oh Lord, that you bless this offering, Lord God. Touch it, Lord God. Increase it for the abundance of what you want done in your kingdom. Touch every individual that gives, O Lord God. O God, all that we have already belongs to you. In the name of Jesus, we ask, O God, that you protect and keep us as we go, O Lord, and bless us on our return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's give the Lord a hand of praise. In just a minute, step out and give before you do that. If you want to help with the van seats, see Brother Cruz. He's going to take care of that. If you want to help get the vegetables out, Brother Anthony, wave your hand right there. See Brother Anthony. He's going to be leading that. And if you want to help unload the van, see Brother Steve back there. He's going, not the van, but the trailer. He's going to help do that. So we got three leaders. Grab, to, grab a hold of them, find one, and be part of the team. God bless you in Jesus' name. We need some rebounders on this team.